Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast, brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy. Welcome to Jeff and Jen's Faker for Real. How are you this morning? I'm, I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Very good. All right, Kathy, here are the three headlines. Two are fake, one is real. You get the real one, you are going to eat at Skyline Chili. Is the real headline A, a man dressed in all orange robs a 7-Eleven, steals nachos, and tells the clerk that he's the orange nacho bandit? Is it B, a woman whose real name is Ruby Booby gets triple Z breast implants? Or is it C, a man dies from an extreme climax after relations with a hired woman? Uh, I guess A. It's actually C, the extreme climax. Okay? Which means that she created the first two. <laughs> Very funny. I mean, all of the juices are flowing up here today. I guess so. But before you hit, before you handed me the story, I was listening to the headlines going, oh, I hope it's A. And then I heard B, and I'm like, oh, no, wait, I hope it's B. And then I heard C, and I'm like, there's no way it's C. And it is. And sure enough, it is. So, yeah, here's the story. A 35-year-old guy named Charles Majawa from the African country of Malawi. He died suddenly back in August after some blood vessels in his brain ruptured. And the autopsy report just came out and revealed his cause of death. A quote, and I am quoting from the autopsy. This is an official autopsy report, guys. Quoting here, it's an extreme orgasm. It turned out he had been having sex with a prostitute, and right at the end, it literally was too much for his body, and he died. Wow. Yeah. Um, And they actually had to look at this, whether or not the prostitute participated in or would be found liable in his uh, His death. death. Wow. And uh, she will not be held liable for his death. Yeah. It's the final ruling, but yeah, can you imagine? Well, I know that when I was reading Matthew McConaughey's book, he talked about that's how his father died, was after relations with his mother. I mean, is there a better way to go? I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. Seems like a good way. Right? You know? The pleasure? Not, I mean, most people are like, oh, I just pray that it's... In my sleep. You know, that there's no suffering and I go in my yeah. sleep. Yeah. But isn't that a little boring compared to this? Yeah, Totally. <laughs> It's uh, 11 after 7, 12 after 7. Jeff and Jen, Cincinnati's Q102. Uh, we got a bonus second date update here coming up in just a bit, plus some of the day's news that didn't make the news. But first, a uh, quick check on the roads. Here's Tori and Al with your latest Q102 traffic. <laughs> 
spilled some vodka on the carpet yesterday, so we vacuumed it. Then the vacuum was drunk. <laughs> the Hoover could not vacuum in a straight line. A fly was very close to being called a land, because that's what it does half the time. I like when they say shampoo's volumizing, because man, my hair is quiet. I want to hear what it has to say. You know when you go to a bar and you want to wash your hands, so you go to the bathroom, and they don't have any hot water? You turn on the C knob, cold water comes out. You turn on the H knob, cold water comes out. But I can accept that, but I just want to know what H stands for now. C obviously stands for cold, H must stand for ha-ha, dude. You thought this was hot, but it is not. Now go spread some germs. The uh, late, great Mitch Hedberg, Jeff and Jen, Cincinnati's Q102. Hey, have you heard about this crazy stock market situation involving GameStop, Reddit, and hedge funds and all this? We're going to give you a plain English summary of what's happening, even if you you don't really know the stock market or investing. We're going to lay it out for you and explain what's going on, because this has been a big story. Uh, We got that. Plus, how would you feel, how safe would you feel climbing into a car with a 16-year-old you Mm. behind the wheel? It yes. is Friday, the 29th of January, 2021. We're Jeff and Jen, and here it is, your news that didn't make the news on Cincinnati's Q102. Before we get to those stories, we're going to talk about something Fritch brought up in our Facebook Live video this morning, in case you missed it. We uh, do a Facebook Live video just about every morning around, what, six ten. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group, schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. 6.15. Yeah, it's usually right around that area. Yeah, where we kind of give you a preview of stuff we're going to be talking about on the show, and uh, we kind of sneak that in during a radio break so we can talk to our friends on Facebook if you ever want to join us. And something Fritch brought up this morning about the Super Bowl and disproportionately popular Super Bowl foods. Broken down state by state, Google released this map showing the most disproportionately popular Super Bowl food in every state from last year's game, and two foods were number one in six different states. Cake and seven-layer dip. And, oh. a, and a few other foods Both that... delicious. What is the cake or the seven-layer seven dip? Seven-layer dip. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and a few other foods that were most popular in five states. Chili. Uh, you said buffalo chicken dip here in Ohio, right, Fritchie? Yep, buffalo chicken dip for Ohio. Uh, spinach artichoke dip. Uh, some states' disproportionately popular Super Bowl food were a little more unique, like Louisiana had taco soup. Hawaii was the very specific chicken club ranch roll-ups. And Alaska's was 
paleo salmon cakes. That sounds which I, good. I guess makes sense if you live up in Alaska. But what was, uh, do you remember Kentucky and Indiana's? Yeah, so I wrote this down. So Ohio, we talked about buffalo chicken dip. Indiana is ham and cheese sliders. And then Kentucky were pepperoni roll-ups. Hmm. Which I don't know if a lot of people know what that is. But essentially, it's just like if you take dough and lay it down, put down a ton of pepperoni, roll it up, and you dip it in like sauce and stuff uh, like that. Very, very, very good. They are very good. Hmm. But I feel like that's what the Super Bowl is all about, don't you guys? Just yes. having like a ton of one specific food. A lot of appetizers. Yeah, like the buffalo chicken dip. I feel like if you don't make two pounds of that, you won't have enough. <laughs> so let's talk about this crazy stock market situation involving GameStop, Reddit, and other hedge funds. We're going we're gonna to give you a plain English kind of recap, explanation of of what's going on, even if you know nothing about the stock market or investing. There is a stock term called shorting. Uh, Shorting basically means that you're predicting the price of a stock will go down instead of up. You're, you're, You're gambling, you're guessing that a stock is actually going to go down instead of up. And if it does go down, you get to pocket the difference. So let's say you short a stock when it's $10 and you get out when it's 7 you make $3. But if you short a stock and it actually goes up, now you got to cover the difference. So it can be risky. So if that stock, if that $10 stock goes to $15. You got to pay $5. And you, and you decide you can't wait for it to potentially go back down again. Well, you're going to need to buy that stock back and cover the five dollars. So that's that's the idea behind shorting. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now on to Reddit. There is a group on there called Wall Street Bets, and uh, it's basically it's you know it's a lot of amateur investors who talk back and forth. They share stock tips and they talk about their day trading successes and failures, and uh, they usually do it through lots of memes and emojis. Well, a few weeks ago, someone on Reddit noticed a hedge fund called Melvin Capital had taken a huge short position on the video game store chain, GameStop. They're predicting that GameStop's stock is going to tank. Right, because didn't they say that a lot of those are going out of business, I felt like? Well, yeah, all the games are now online, Uh, so you don't have to go to a store and buy a an actual physical game. Yeah, right. a lot of experts, a lot of analysts are saying, you know, the company's in the toilet and it's not looking good for this company. However, there were some who were, who were arguing that there were indications that GameStop wasn't in that bad of shape. So the group on Reddit, the Wall Street Bets on Reddit, decided, you know what, let's buy GameStop stock. It'll help drive the price up and it'll really screw over that hedge fund that it shorted it. Mm. Because now that hedge fund is... We'll have to cover the difference. Yeah. Right. And it was quite a difference. As this GameStop thing really got a lot of momentum and the stock price skyrocketed, the hedge fund wound up losing more than $13.1 billion on that short position, which was more than the fund was even worth. So they did all that kind of on purpose. Yeah. And as you might imagine, very, oh. very serious professional investors and and hedge funds were really upset that, you know, a group of random people on the Internet managed to make that big of an impact on the stock market. The reason the market is doing what it's doing is people are sitting at home getting the checks from the government. OK. And this fair share is a bull- 
concept. Mm. It's just a way of attacking wealthy people. And, you know, I think it's inappropriate. We all got to work together and pull together. That's a billionaire hedge fund owner who's being interviewed on CNBC, calling it a way of attacking wealthy people. And I think it's inappropriate. So, yeah, so these these hedge fund guys, these heavy hitters started throwing their weight against it. They now want new legislation that would make it illegal to do what that Reddit group did, which I guess is what? What are they doing? They're, they're just talking about stocks on the Internet. But, of course, everyone can see through what the hedge fund billionaires are trying to accomplish here. Major banks and hedge funds have done all sorts of horrible things manipulating the stock market. I yeah, mean, really? Right. That's how it functions. Well, how yeah. do you feel, though, if your investment, if you were just, hey, I've got my life together, i got my investments in that hedge fund, and then that happened to the money that you, like, if pretend that hedge fund was your Certainly. 401k, oh, yeah. right? So Ag- if- agreed. But the advantage that these billionaires have is they they two can manipulate oh, sure. and do I'm not saying they're not doing that manipulate not. the stock market they receive bailouts when things backfired like in 2008 and that's never really provoked real legislation and, and even now two other hedge funds stepped in and propped up melvin capital with billions after they got crushed in this gamestop deal but that's not all so listen to this the uh the wall street bets group they started buying other stocks that the hedge funds were shorting like AMC theaters. I mean, they're struggling right now for obvious reasons because yeah. of the pandemic. Uh, Nokia and several apps like the popular trading app Robinhood banned them from buying those stocks because they saw what was coming. Oh. So that was interpreted as a direct attack on just regular civilian retail yeah. investors, especially since hedge funds could still trade those stocks while regular people were banned. They were like, that's not fair. So strangely enough, you what got a mess. I know. So you have strangely both parties in Congress calling BS on a hedge fund and elite investors' reaction to this. Both Democrats and Republicans are united on this. But will that strong bipartisan sentiment hold up, especially with trillions of dollars and the richest people of the country involved? Good luck. So we'll see what happens next. GameStop and and the other meme stocks lost a lot of value yesterday as the apps banned amateur investors from trading it. Uh, Congress is most likely going to get involved in this in some way, but they have to. Will it lead to a permanent shift in the way the stock market works with collections of amateur investors teaming up, or will the Wall Street powers that be find a way to stop it? Most of the historical evidence points to the latter, but uh, times are certainly changing. So there you go. That's your. That's the best explanation we can give you for right now. We'll keep an eye on it. 724, Jeff and Jen, Cincinnati's Q102. Do you ever look back at the time, like right after you got your driver's license, and you wonder how the state could let anyone so unqualified get behind the wheel? I do. I mean, I drove like a maniac. Same. And and, and not not because I was intentionally trying to be a speed demon. Or a stunt driver. I was just that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> my dad taught me, and I and I had a lot of pressure because my parents were getting ready to go out of town on like a two week vacation, and if I didn't pass my driver's license before they went, I was going to have to essentially like sit at home. So I I don't think I was just very good, and I don't think I was ready to get my driver's license. But like, say you had to have an eighty five to pass, I got an eighty six. Yep. Wow. It was like that for me. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But I mean, I'm clearly a much better driver now than back then. No one's perfect when they start driving. Right. I've been in the car with Fritchie. I, I feel relatively safe until, of course, 
she needs to parallel park. And then she just puts it in park in the middle of the street and says, I'm getting out. You do this. I'm like, Wait, <laughs> I what are you that. doing? I still do that. We're in the middle of the street. Yeah. Scott's like, can you park? Are you going to park the car? I'm like, nope, you are. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I just am not very good. I get too anxious about it. I'd rather just go into a garage or valet. Yeah. A new survey asked people if they would be afraid to get in a car if the driver was their 16-year-old self, mm-hmm. and 53% of people said absolutely they would be terrified. Oh, yeah. I already had this discussion with Scott. I was like, either you're going to have to pay, we're going to have to pay to get someone to teach our daughter, or you're going to have to do it. Because there's no way I don't think I'd be able to be in the car with my kid. Yeah. You know, I, I was kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's because I, cause I didn't raise three kids like Kristen. But when it came time for her kids to learn how to drive, yeah, she was dreading it. But She's you're like, really I good don't... at that. I feel like I would trust you too. What do you mean? Like teaching my kids? Like I would put my kid in the car with you? Oh, I, I would just mimic the way the guy taught me I, when I was in driver's ed. I just remember we had the best driver's ed teacher. He's an older guy, but he was super calm mm-hmm. and very just sort of methodical. And I don't know. I always felt safe with him, and I guess that was his way. I guess you have to be if you're a driver's ed teacher. You well, think about. You okay. have control, right? When you're a teacher, don't you have control? Like if he had a happens? break, oh. that was it. Yeah, I was thinking about this though too. When we were kids, and we would go on a road trip, or if it was just, hey, we're in the car with mom and dad, and we're going to the grocery store, there there really wasn't anything to do except pay attention to mom and dad and look out the window, right? Oh yeah. So we knew. How, at least for me and my brother, we looked at how the heater worked and we knew how the radio worked. And yeah. mom puts it in the shifter and she moves it to the D and all of these things, right? Now I look at my nieces and my nephews and all the little kids. There's like video consoles yep. and playing Cell games. There's a lot going yeah. on. When it gets to be time to learn to drive, they haven't maybe paid the same amount of attention that we paid attention to because mm-hmm. we were bored. Right. Yeah, you were forced. <laughs> you know into what I mean? It. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, and maybe it won't mean, mean anything. It's just just an observation. Like I saw the other day, I was driving somewhere and it was dark out, and I saw the suburban in front of me, and it had four screens oh, running. Yeah. You know, when it's dark out, you can see in the car for all the kids. I'm like, holy yep. crap! There's four things going on in the back of that car. <laughs> uh, it's just different times. Right. Well, you know, we actually had a. I think this was a whatever it takes challenge. Back in the day when we Did we you guys launched teach drivers, Ed? yeah, we were fairly new Cincinnati, <laughs> and uh, we we a part of our campaign was look, we're willing to do whatever it takes to get you to listen to our show. And so a mom wrote in and said, "Teach my daughter how to drive because I am dreading it. She is 16 years old. That's hilarious. And I took yeah. her out once, and I'm never doing it again. And I so I had this I had this big boat of a cop car and I'm like, let's start off in a parking lot first of all, so you can get a feel of the car and feel how sensitive the brakes are and, you know, make some turns and try to park it in lines. And then once you kind of mastered that, then we slowly took it on the road. And the, the most gratifying part of that was how empowered she felt afterwards because yeah. she was so she terrified at first. I think her mom had kind of freaked her out mm-hmm. because she was freaked out. So that was rubbing off on her. And, uh, I wonder how she's doing now. I I was just thinking that. Like, I hope she's doing okay. I don't remember her name. I probably have it somewhere back in one of my uh, old notebooks or something. But, yeah. Survey also found that one in five people got into an accident while they were learning to drive. One out of five. That's high. That is high. And the most common driving teachers are your dad. 
Yep. <laughs> a friend, a sibling, an actual hired driving teacher, and your mom. And I always tell the story about how when I was taking driver's ed, and by the way, when I was learning how to drive, it was not legally, it was not a legal requirement for you to take driver's ed. Is it now in every state pretty much or? I don't know Not if it sure. is. I When I was driving, it was like you got a discount on your insurance if you did. But I think now it has become way more mainstream where it's like you have to have at least so many hours of driver's ed. Yeah, so when I was learning how to drive, driver's ed was not a requirement, but there was an incentive to get it because of the discount that you would get on your auto mm-hmm. insurance. And I think it also allowed you to get your learner's permit like six months earlier than Something you would like have that, yeah. to wait. So I was all in. And uh, I remember one day I got up, it was Saturday, I did Driver's Ed session scheduled at 10 a.m. on a Saturday, and I get up, and we had a major snowstorm, like a major nor'easter going on. And I was, you know, and I'm growing up in the Boston area, which, you know, it's still a pretty big deal. You know, we were expecting like 8 to 10 inches or something like that. And so I'm assuming this thing is going to be canceled. And the driver's ed teacher was like, absolutely not. We're going out, especially in this kind of weather, because you guys need to learn how to drive in this. We live in New England, people. Mm -hmm. Really? So I feel, the, yeah, the, just the balls of steel good. this guy had. I mean, he took us out on the freeway and everything that day. It was yeah. just crazy. A gambler. Because, like, having Seriously. A, <laughs> but having a summer birthday, I had to drive myself in the snow. I had no practice or whatever because I got my license in June. Yeah. So it's like it's amazing that they did that with you. Yeah, that's pretty wild. We should probably take a break here. Coming up, when's the last time you used cash? Some of these answers might surprise you. It's been a bit for me. I almost never carry cash. I don't even know if I have any cash right now. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast, brought to you by CVG Airport. Fly healthy through CVG. For more information, go to CVG Airport backslash fly healthy.